the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Plotcast podcast. This is episode 42 and I'm Julia. And I was just going to say I'm Julia. <laughs> no, 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 I'm Elaine. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yes, less gin in the morning. But, uh, good morning indeed. Good yes, morning. I am Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you, Elaine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're here. So how do people get in contact with us? Tell us. Right. Well, I've been memorising this oh, now. Oh. So uh, <laughs> thanks for that. Right. <laughs> if I go wrong, just put your hand up. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> Gareth, put your hand down. <laughs> right. Let's start. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Potty Plotters. Thank you, Julia, who's just put her thumb up. TikTok at The Potty Plotters. Oh, thumb back up again. Email us, naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. One thumb, Gareth looking blank at me. Oh, Gareth now putting his thumb up. Or check out our website, pottyplotters.uk. Four thumbs up and a round of applause. Thank you very much. The Plotcast Podcast with The Potty Plotters. Done. You may think that we sound a little bit echoey today, and the reason for that is that we've had to come into our community room. And why is that, Elaine? Because we are the week after the dreadful floods that everybody or most people experience somewhere around the country, and our county really did get full blast of it. And it's fair to say, Julia, I didn't know that water could be so ferocious on an allotment site. Yeah. Because I've seen things that I've never seen before. I mean, it would be fair to say that it's higher than we've ever seen it on our site. And, you know, every building has pretty much had some kind of damage to it because of the water levels in there even the chalet where I met the cups of tea that's been well underwater um, and it has come as a surprise to us for the fact that it's even lifted raised beds around site and it's done like you say quite a lot of damage we've lost crops but you know we always look at it it's not our lives it's not our homes and it's not our livelihoods it's an allotment and we'll recover won't we Elaine? We definitely will I mean the car park looked like a lake um, when we came over last week and again I've never seen and I want to start singing I'm leaning on this table and that's a bit wobbly because although I was just going to say I was going to start and sing I've never seen anything like it but I haven't but even in here we've got um sediment that's the word isn't it that is all over the floor so there's a lot of community work to be done but also the polytunnel the community polytunnel where we've recorded numerous times this last year uh, the water has risen about 12 inches i would say and the shed on uh, that plot is absolutely sodden so i keep opening all the doors and the birds are still singing julia so we just have to get on with it. We'll carry on with it. And, you know, you kind of, I don't know how you learn to adapt your allotment for these conditions because there's nothing we could have done to have changed anything. No. But certainly if there are plots that are prone to flooding, there are things you can do to make changes. But this has just been completely beyond anything you could have done to improve your plots or change your plots, really. But, uh, yeah, we'll carry on. It's been 
a mixed week, hasn't it, Elaine? Because we've had the issues around the flooding and our sympathies go out to everybody who's experienced that. But we've had some very good news, haven't we? We have. And we've had over... I'm just going to do this myself because I keep asking for it. Oh, actually, we did get one last week. I don't know if you noticed, Julia. We had a little bit of a fanfare. But I can do this myself. Go on, then. You just sort of make a circle with your thumb and your finger. All right, okay. So you ready? homemade that is that's what we like up here we have had over twelve thousand downloads since we started only in february that's amazing it's shocking is the word it's <laughs> mother yeah. for listening <laughs> she must have it on repeat does she talk to alexa or something julia oh, is, she, is she just not well is she trying to learn something <laughs> but anyway thank you to everybody who's been listening to us it uh, it never ceases to amaze us really and up and down the country and all over the world and in australia indeed Let's talk about yeah. hazel in australia yes hazel this week has sent us we've flowed how seamless that almost was but i've pointed out what we've just done yes because we have had a message in from hazel have we? yeah she how sent us a that? video yeah because you know she used to have all the problems with the peppers and and, um, the chilies that she was growing yeah. and she'd sent us a little video well she sent us another one a new update and saying how well everything is growing and by crikey it is so that's Australia for oh, you oh good on you yeah get on with it Hazel well keep, done keep us updated as to how everything's growing contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughty corner at pottyplotters.uk. How appropriate that we should be discussing this uh, when we're not going to be planting these, definitely not on our site, but some sites may be planting these because, you know, they may not experience the problems we do. So, overwintering peas and beans, Elaine. Right, well, I have got a little story because I have got some here. These are Aquadulsa Claudia. Um, which most people who grow any broad bean will know about these. Now then, I'm just going to reiterate that broad beans are the only bean with a bottom. So I've got a broad bean seed now in my hand. And if you turn it to one side, Julia, does that or does it not look like... <laughs> <laughs> a bottom is, is this classed as an explicit episode <laughs> no no it's just one for you to remember okay and when we've worked with children before they love it when you talk naughty like this yeah. so what i always say is that if you can get kids to remember things they'll never forget and that's really important so that as they grow older they'll pass the message on about broad beans simple as it may be it will be there forever but you are right with the floods and i've learned lots of lessons with the bad weather over winter etc i don't overwinter broad beans no and i don't either i just think <clears throat> julia they're such hard work however i am going to say what to do with them because i have got a pack here and what I would normally do if I wanted to plant these in a raised bed, and that's where I would plant them up here to get them out of the water and clear of the water on my plot is I could actually plant them straight into the ground. And don't forget, they go in double the depth of the depth of the bean. Right. So that bean, what is that in decimalization? Uh, that's about um centimeter is it really yeah <laughs> <laughs> a centimeter in depth so you plant it two centimeters 
can you get O and A levels, Julia, and still going back to nineteen seventies, <laughs> still not know what a centimetre is? It's oh. embarrassing. You see, I'd say that's half an inch. Yeah. Yeah. About a centi- well one is one centimetre point two five. What? Yeah. Have that's you made that up? No. Gavin's <laughs> shaking his head. Yeah. I don't know if it's in despair. So one what? inch <laughs> equals two and a half centimetres, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's nodding. Yeah, he's nodding, yeah. you see. Okay. Oh, this well, is well like a math lesson, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like my maths teacher and I wasn't very good at it. But if yeah. I had Janice's listening, she was a genius at maths. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. So, so what you need to do is bury this on its side, never on its back. Okay. So by that, I mean, never goes flat. It's always the thinnest side. So it slips down like that. And the reason for that is... So it doesn't rot in the ground because on the big surface, it will rot. Exactly. Thank you. And all I would do is I'd plant these every four inches. Right. So they do get close together. But what I found when I've planted these straight into the ground is at this time of year, mice and rats tend to take them. Yes. Now, I don't mind them taking one, but flipping out, they'll take a whole row on my plot. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who would be planting them now yes. who perhaps plant two or three in the same hole, yeah. just as that kind of, they know that the mice are yeah. going to get, so it's one for me, one for you, one for me, one for the mice, <laughs> and then one for the rot, you know, rotting or whatever, just for good luck, really. So you could do that if you wanted to, just to hedge your bets. And, you know, as you say, we won't be doing it on our site because we wait until the spring really before we start planting ours but on my old site which was on the side of the hill which we had no problems with it was perfectly okay to to actually plant them out at this time of year and and there are advantages to doing that aren't there Elaine? Yeah there definitely is um I mean the main one for me is that you don't get black fly because you've planted them you've got a stronger plant and uh, no black fly at all that's what my experience is and of course you're about uh four weeks ahead of the game so the ones that you're planting in the spring which we'll talk about you will be ahead of those so it can actually work but sometimes you have to think about things because the other thing is um that they will need some protection from the snow right now you might think well why bother well why bother is really important because if these plants have got to about nine inches and then we get a load of snow it'll actually snap them yeah and it will break them and then that's a whole waste so what i would do is i would make a little net cage over them just to give them yeah. some protection or even cloches if you've got some yeah. not gut loshes cut loshes so there's a lot of work really yeah. goes into them over winter, but you can also do, as well as talking about the broad beans, we can be doing over winter peas as yeah. well, can't we? Yeah. But again, something we avoid on this site. Yeah. Wait until the spring or early, early spring at least. But you can be doing something like meteor or uh, Deuce de Deuce Provence. Those kind of peas can go in and you'll have an early crop with those. But think about your own conditions on your own site, in your own garden, and consider whether it's worth it or not. Sometimes it's best just to have a rest, you know. Leave your soil alone for a bit. That'd be nice. Hints and tips for shortcuts to success. The Potty Plotters Plotcast. Now I'm intrigued about this one, Elaine, because you put this on the list. And I, I don't know what goes on in your mind sometimes when you write <laughs> these things. <laughs> wood on the plot. What yes. are you talking about? Well, I wonder whether or not wood on the plot being left over winter is a good thing or a bad thing. Now then, ironically, we're going back to all the water that we've had over the past few weeks. 
the biggest frog in the world i did shout you and you did have a look at it yes it popped up yesterday now it might be all the water it came out to have a little peep but is it a good thing should we leave some protection like the odd plank or the odd piece of scaffolding or twigs etc out on the plot for toads frogs and insects to bury themselves in and under yes i think it's nice to have a little area on the plot where you leave in old wood to rot down and decay so that they have got a habitat there yeah um i thought you were going to talk about raised beds and things when you were referring to this but it is a good (laughs) idea it is a good idea it's like a little nature area i mean i wouldn't want it all over my plot but um I steer away generally from having raised beds on my plot and for the re- for the simple reason is that I find that wooden beds harbour things like slugs and I don't like that. I don't want that. So all of my no dig, I initially set it up with kind of wood batons but then once everything had settled I removed them and I've literally got compost wood chip path compost wood chip path and i tend to have less of a problem with slugs and and pests like that and that that is a really good thing to talk about actually because if you look now at this time of year in the winter um underneath um perhaps you've got some scaffolding boards that you made a raised bed out of or whatever lift it and have a look what's attached to it underneath it or near to it and i tell you what i've just picked a piece up this morning that had been knocked around with the flood that i hadn't noticed before and it's covered in slugs yeah covered little black ones and i know where they're gonna go yeah yeah and i'm telling you they're not gonna stay on my plot don't you be chucking that wood on my (laughs) plot what you it's like Eric, plot six <laughs> he right, won't even okay. notice we won't yeah. he doesn't listen it's all right <laughs> no. so um yeah I, the thing is with wood on the plots as well i mean your raised beds that you've made are really chunky they're not going to move anywhere they're we really don't chunky. Do thin do you know no. <laughs> literally no <laughs> sense at all but uh, i mean we do see people reusing a lot of things that they'll find lying around but they're not going to last very long are they so think about I suppose it depends on your budget and and why are you using the wood? That's the question. Why? Why are you using the wood? Why don't you just raise the bed simply like you've done on your plot, which is to dig the area and then mound it up? And it looks so nice as well. And it doesn't harbour creatures. Yeah. But we do like, talking about wood, we do like wood chip, don't we, Elaine? We do. And I've noticed that there's a new pile of it that's been delivered today. I know. And we're alone on the allotment at the moment. So get the wheelbarrow out because we need to be making some new paths because we love to make paths out of, of the wood chip. I like the smell of it. I know, you skip through it, don't you? Well, I've never been known to skip. <laughs> Maybe that was um, the incorrect word, but uh, we do get excited when we see it because A, it's a free, it's byproduct for when they're fetching down the trees, but also if you lay yourself some wood chip paths, it degrades naturally over time, so it, you know, it'll compost down, but also if the weeds do set in it, they're very easy to pull out. I haven't got any weeds on my plot, I don't think. Oh dear, have you got blinkers on? What have we been doing this week? 
Well, getting cleaned up, and I think it's that time of year anyway, regardless of everything that's been happening locally. But what I've been doing as well is scrubbing down the greenhouse. The greenhouse glass is absolutely filthy. And that's really important to get rid of all the mingy bits. That's a Chesterfield colloquialism, actually. <laughs> but get rid of it and, uh, and start and clean it. And the other thing is, Julia, it's amazing as to how many toads and frogs you find in your greenhouse. I know, I know you think it too hot for them. Yeah, 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 but, but yeah. no, they haven't even got any deck chairs. How do they even get in I there? Know. I don't Cause know. Because we keep the greenhouse doors closed yeah. and then, but I don't see them when I leave the doors open. Well, so. they must dig their way under, yeah. mustn't they? They're very clever, aren't they? Yeah. Very resourceful. And we've also been out and about doing a few talks, as we do, shocking a few people. We had an interesting one in a church, didn't we? <laughs> we did, yeah. I wanted to do the uh, pulpit business, yeah. and you told me not to, so I didn't. No, you but have to be respectful in a church, <laughs> I was, yes. But it was so lovely to meet new people, and from a different area as well. That's dead important, yeah. isn't it? Just to get out and about, and to spread the word about growing your own. Yeah. So easy to do, and people look mesmerised, I'm not sure not sure which word it is but yeah they um they enjoyed it anyway yeah yeah I'm not sure if they're in rehab at the moment but yeah yeah they're, and, they're okay yeah and we've been back to the community plots haven't we helping out on those so we've been finishing the doors yeah and that's been interesting doing that and leveling them never leveled doors before yeah when we're talking about doors we're talking about doors on the giant polytunnel yeah. we've been helping build yeah, and so. it looks fantastic now and made the um plastic inserts as well oh, for yeah. the windows uh, yeah. yeah now they look tremendous well folded and we didn't run out of staples no well done us and it's a new uh, string to our bow so erection specialists of greenhouses and now polytunnels the plotcast podcast with the potty plotters well we've not done a recipe for a while have we elaine but i can see that you're already eyeing that pumpkin up which we've got Tina to work on later (laughs) so tell us about what you're going to do well I would do pumpkin soup so Um, I know that Tina's going to be using it to make a flower arrangement but uh, I look at everything you know food obviously and so what I'm going to do is just tell you how easy pumpkin soup is to make the hardest thing I find is to get the skin off the outside but if you roast it yep then this, the uh, pulp from inside comes out dead easy. So what I'm going to say is I slice my pumpkin. Yes. Okay. And I put big slices, big chunks onto baking trays and put them inside the oven. Yeah. Now then, I have it on quite hot, about 180, but I roast it and I keep turning the pieces. The amount of condensation that comes out is incredible. And I forgot to say, what you need to do is to scoop out the inner bit, the sort of spaghetti-y bit with all of the uh, seeds and everything. It's a what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, carry on. (laughs) Right then, so I took all of that out, roast it, and then let it go cold or cool anyway, because you can't touch it because it's so hot, and then scrape it all out. Now what I do is I um, fry an onion... And I do that in a big cauldron. And I do that in order. It is like a cauldron. It's like a witch's cauldron, mine is. Yeah. And then all I do is fry off that. And then I add cayenne pepper. All right. Yeah, to give it some spice. And then I put in now all of that pumpkin 
And I also add a couple of cooked potatoes. Oh, okay. Yes. Why? Um, because I can. <laughs> and it thickens it, although it generally is thick anyway. But I just think it gives it a nicer texture, to tell oh, okay. you the truth. Okay. And then um, just whiz it all round. And now I get at least two litres of uh, vegetable stock. Yeah. And that's just simply a couple of stock cubes into boiling water. Melt them down. Put that in and let it boil for about, um, well, boil. I would say bubble for at least 20 minutes 15 to 20 minutes on the top of the hob and then what I do is I get Billy Blender out and I whiz the whole thing up and I get all the lumps out add lots of salt and pepper and then what I do is I add creme fraiche to it do you? gosh you are extravagant aren't you? not really no it's just (laughs) cheaper than cream and it's really nice because it doesn't curdle and it freezes better as well so I add a big dollop when I say a big dollop it's probably half a pint of it and just then stir it all through and i tell you what it's blooming lovely hearty and warming in the winter months yeah Yeah, and um, and you can freeze it as well so it is versatile and there's nothing better when you've been up here all day to go home to some soup and then you think is that it (laughs) is that that all i've made (laughs) can i just uh, give you a little tip uh, you can, but I won't <laughs> listen necessarily. I was just going to save you a lot of time. Uh, oh, yeah. cut, cutting your pumpkin into yeah. your slices. All I do is literally chop the whole pumpkin in half. Yeah. Scoop out the middle bit, like yeah. you say. Don't leave the skin on it and everything. Yeah. And then just uh, put it in a, a dish in the oven. Cover it in tin foil, like you do. And then when it's cool, you can just scoop it out like that. You don't need to chop it into pieces. Just scoop it out. So it saves a lot of chopping what i'm saying which is of course well as you know i don't shouldn't even be allowed near a knife so the less chopping the better do you want to do this feature in future no not really (laughs) i just wanted to help you but clearly it's not appreciated a potty plotters podcast with simple recipes for gluts and guts well, it's fair to say we've got one of our favourite guests in today who's turned up to give us a bit of a demonstration with these old pumpkins, Elaine. They're not old. <laughs> what are you on about? But what I'm pleased to say is uh, that this person has come dressed as a pumpkin. <laughs> and not, not many of our guests actually join into this extent, do they? Never. It's all been thought about, darling. <laughs> you look absolutely fabulous, Tina. She does, doesn't she? Yeah, she, she does. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there will be a video clip, so you'll be able to see how fabulous she it's looks. The, it's the pumpkins on top of your pumpkin yeah. hat that do it. That's yeah. right. It's just, and you've just actually you. got pumpkin-coloured lippy on yeah. as well. That is just amazing. Have you made that yourself? Because it looks like it. Very much so, yes. You know, it, was, it was a selection this morning of lipsticks until I got orange. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ladies, good morning. Good morning, <laughs> It's Tina from Green Blues. <laughs> Don't we just love her? Oh, we love so Tina. Clever. We love her. And uh, you caught her on a very opportune moment when she was on a little holiday having a little drink and you said, can you come in and do a demo for yeah, us? Yeah, and it's so easy when she's had a drink <laughs> to make her do anything. So here she is. And all that we're going to do is ask you to create something out of nothing. That's absolutely fine, of course. That's what that's what I do for a living. That's <laughs> oh, good. So, so, so yeah, so you've given me a, a lovely bright orange pumpkin that literally does match my hat right now. Um, and we've got some gorgeous dried blooms here. We've also got some fresh that can go in it. Shall I just sort of 
give you an idea of what you can do around the house with pumpkins. Yeah. What can you do around the house with the pumpkin, <laughs> Tina? Well, to be fair, you mainly eat them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you it's, stick them outside your front door. Absolutely, that's right. It's only in recent times we've started to stick flowers in and things yeah. like that. But, you know, really what they are, they're a foodstuff. So what I would say is that if you are going to create um, something with pumpkins, whether it's with the children and you're carving jack-o'-lanterns out of the front and putting candles or whatever inside, use the inside if you can because we don't like waste do we ladies no, not at no. all there's plenty of food in them isn't there there is that's right and we we're just talking about spicy pumpkin soup absolute favorite of mine i am conscious that it is uh, a food stuff so um should we be displaying them inside the house won't they rot and smell not usually um and what i would say is that um if you are going to put um flowers inside a fruit stuff any sort of fruit or vegetable will deteriorate your flowers quicker so if you're putting fresh flowers inside it's all to do with enzymes and i'm no scientist don't get me wrong but um if you are whether it's displaying flowers with fruit in in it so you know you can imagine uh, a little example would be if you had a bouquet of flowers and you put a bunch of bananas next to it your flowers will probably live only at least half the actual normal life so our flowers would last two to three weeks easily fresh cut flowers if you put a bunch of bananas next to them they're probably only going to last a week if that so it's just like any other fruit and vegetables really so you i think most people know you wouldn't store certain fruit and vegetables together because the enzymes give off and it kills them first so within that um, a pumpkin is very similar so what i would always say is once you've taken your lid off and once you've scooped out all your insides and it's clear line it it's a really really important thing and i say this to everyone people that are trying things at home we're going to do a fully biodegradable one today so it's got a liner inside of it with uh, a dish at the bottom that's got water and then what we've done we've scrunched up um, some chicken wire and the chicken wire will just give the hold to the flower so where i'm placing them they will stay now a lot of um, other people will use a block of oasis At the moment, um, they aren't fully biodegradable, so um, people tend to shy away from them. Um, but they are the easiest thing. You get a block of oasis, they're about a pound from the range or um, hobby craft or your local florist. You soak it in water, you pop it inside and you stick your flowers in. So it is easier, a lot easier. Um, however, you've got to be aware then that that oasis has gone inside of that pumpkin. So don't take that pumpkin up into your fields to leave it for some cows or deer um, because that oasis actually isn't it's not good for animals obviously Um, however our pumpkin will be fully biodegradable um, but most importantly as I say have a lining in whether it's a piece of um, an old carrier bag you know a piece of kitchen foil anything like that all it will do will it will protect those stems Um, certainly of fresh flowers not so much of an issue with dried flowers because they're already dead let's be fair Um, but with fresh flowers if you want them to last um, make sure you've got that lining in there Um, and they yeah they will last at least a good week or two it's with anything if you've got your heating on full blast if you go and put your pumpkin on top of your radiator it's going to melt within about a day (laughs) you're going to to have dead soppy pumpkin all trickling down it'll look very nice for Halloween to be fair so it's got that you know that that's an awful look to it but um yeah so you just be aware of where you put it um again fresh flowers this time of year um and with dry flowers you can pop them outside i mean i don't know which area everybody lives in you're a bit rough aren't you elaine (laughs) 
so um, you know if you're living in a rough area you don't expect it to be there when you wake up in the morning but you know, still looks nice outside your front door <laughs> five minutes what about putting a jam jar in there then? absolutely I've got some jam jars here yep and um, what would I do with that then put it inside the pumpkin yeah take the lid off obviously and then what put some just water pop some in water in and just okay. make sure that the stems that you're putting in yeah are into that water because you oh. if they are fresh flowers again totally different with dried flowers we're going to use both okay if you have got fresh flowers um they need that water source because as much as we condition them and they have a good drink for 24 48 hours before they go out um within a day or so your flat your fresh flowers will be dead okay. so the fresh fresh cut flowers they need that water source now i have seen some um com- pumpkins that have been done and people have literally it's really interesting to see you know how creative people get they will get a, a plant you know just like from morrison's or wherever yeah. you get a plant from they literally just pop it in and then put some decorations on the outside and they leave it like that so because the plant is already in its own soil yeah. doesn't need anything else that's so a it's, good idea it actually, is yeah. yeah it is yeah, a cyclamen would look really pretty really in that, yeah. really and when you start looking at all the things that you can have you know when it comes to halloween yeah. the things that you can pop in there you can add these actually into a potted plant so don't think you just pop your potted plant and yeah. you can then start adding on as well and you can get really creative so there's lots of options depending on you know on what you want to do but equally um with your potted plants you obviously can take them out of your pumpkin once your pumpkin starts to go a bit mushy and you pop it in your garden or in your allotment brilliant fabulous i like that so you're going to show us what to do then okay yeah i can do just before we start what i will say is um if you are going to do pumpkins with your family or yourself at home or anything like that think about where it's going to go um because if it's going to go in the center of your table you and you know you're going to have friends around you're going to have some chocolates and all of that um you want that to be an all-around design so you want your pumpkin to have flowers all the way around it so that whoever sat where have got a nice show if however you're going to put it say in the corner on the floor in your you know by the front door and only only the front is seen we call that a front facing design so think about that there's no point putting flowers or things at the back that nobody's going to see so i would say whatever you do um when you're doing any sort of design of anything whether it's pumpkin or anything else like that just make sure you know what where you're putting it and what's it for yeah i've brought some um in fact i'm going to get up So you got in your bag, uh, right, well, I've had all of these out, which are pumpkins, and I know they make a lot of noise next to this microphone, so I've got to be very careful. But some weeny, weeny ones, no bigger than a two p piece or a two pound coin, maybe? two pound coin. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I've seen one of them in a few years. <laughs> and uh, some little tiny ones that I thought you could actually put to use somewhere. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to know what Tina actually does with all of this, head over to our YouTube channel. Hinton Tippy Lane about uh, seed saving from pumpkins and squashes. Do you save yours? No. Oh, I should tell you why. Yeah. I will tell you why. I save them to eat them. I'll eat the um, pumpkin seeds. Right. But I don't save them because there's a very high risk of cross-pollination with pumpkins and squashes if you if you grow them close together. Uh, because if you think about it, the flowers are exactly the same size. So there's the high risk of cross-pollination. And of course, if you 
going to produce something that you don't know what you're getting you know the problems that you have with uh, cucumbers and bitterness that can happen if, if we've cross-pollinated so what you're saying is the hint and tip is don't save them don't unless this is a tip for next year unless you go out and pollinate your own um pumpkin uh, flowers and then you actually close off the flower and that will mean that that is a pure pumpkin seed top-notch advice no latin included the potty plotters podcast well thanks again for listening to us and uh we will go back onto the plots, but thankfully we've already picked the pumpkins, haven't we? So are you going to go and make some soup now, Elaine? Well, I could do, yeah, but you see, Tina's stuffed it, hasn't she? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll have to um, get another one. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we've got plenty to go at. Yeah. I've got some miniature ones as well. I've got those beautiful crown prints. Okay, wouldn't mind a crown print i can let you have one anyway all right then well uh, what are we doing next time uh not a clue you've you've not written it yet have you all oh, right no no i haven't no so well anyway that's it isn't it okay see you again bye Ta-ra. the plotcast podcast with the potty plotters is an amberland media production 